Try things, different things, drugs, sex, dangerous things. I smoked some shit with my best friend, Minnie Cotland, a million years ago. We went on a boat, ended up in a cave. We were so fucked up. She wanted a lobster, so she went diving. Never saw her again. I guess she drowned. I mean, it was sad, but I miss her. But it was exciting. It was wild back then. <laughs> I did porn after that. I did porn too. I wasn't always old. I shot heroin straight into my left eyeball in 71. I mean, you'll see a world you never thought existed. You may get retinal damage too, but man, <laughs> when you're that high, you do things you never thought possible. Fairy tales can come true. It can happen to you if you're young at heart. For it's hard you will find to be narrow of mind if you're young at heart. You can go to extremes with impossible schemes. You can laugh when your dreams fall apart at the seams. And life gets more exciting with each passing day. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast sparing no expense in exploration of the universe you were warned about. I'm the walrus. I'm here with the rest of the Fab Four, Kevin, Kat, and Dave. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, This week, seniors, not the graduating kind, but the slow driving (laughs) to the early bird special with the AARP discount kind, the ranks of which I am soon to join myself. Getting old is scary. It is. Getting getting old is terrifying. There's a lot of people that are afraid of getting old, but the people that I'm afraid of are the people who have just come to accept it and they're like, I'm old, this is how I am, I'm not changing, and I hate all of you. (laughs) Because they really pose no threat uh, other than just, you know, hurting your feelings. They're so weak and frail. Are Are you guys scared of old people? Am I on a podcast? Is anyone yes. talking? Uh, am I just talking about myself about old people? A very wise man once said to me, when, when you stop learning new things, that's when you get old. Ooh, and then yes. he taught me how to edit a podcast because he was sick of doing it all himself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm, uh, like, I'm like solidly in between, I think, uh, the upper echelon of the podcast and cat. In terms of age, <laughs> I'm I'm just now experiencing things that like it alarms me how quickly I become resigned to well, that's just how your knees are, or <laughs> well, that's just you now you take twelve ibuprofen a day just to get just to get from uh, wake up to bedtime. I don't think that makes you old though. It's when you've accepted those things. And it's it's more mental than physical. I feel like the people that are really a threat. It's when their mental deterioration begins, not not the physical. 
I think that happens anywhere between 30 and 40, but you're not quite old yet. Yeah, but like, that's a good point. Like the mental thing. So like mentally, I think that's one of the problems as you get old. Mentally, I still wake up every day and I feel like I'm like 22 and I should have like three band practices, a gig tonight. I got eight hours of work ahead of me um, and I just can't do that shit anymore. But mentally, Kevin, this is not about you. You're not an old person. <laughs> We're talking about old people. This is not about you and your workout routine or whatever. <laughs> This is about old people. They're falling apart. Their, their skin is barely hanging on their bones. These are the people that they're staring out the window and they're all gaunt and they don't know why. Those are the people we're talking about, the scary ones. I'm the most scared, not of old people, but of the day when we all run into each other and I don't know what the fuck your name is. I don't know. I, I fear uh getting older a lot and i'm almost i'm getting up there guys i can't join yeah. the i can't one. join the 27 yeah, club are. anymore i'm past my prime i slept on my neck weird well, and it hurts true. now you know i thanks thanks well you know what you do when you pass your prime is you join a podcast so here yeah. we are <laughs> perfect uh, what is the saying home. what is yeah. the saying like uh god God feared the man that says you should have known me when. I thought it was those who can do, those who can't podcast. That's a good one. <laughs> That's all, the, where all, I thought we were applicable. going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was you can't teach an old pod new tricks. Oh. <laughs> Apparently you can. Life is just a bowl of cherries So live and laugh at it all we had some smoke this week. We we did have a little smoke. And want to talk week. about that? We had some smoke podcast smoke. No. Well, we're it's gonna... it's kind of a behind the scenes industry stuff. I mean, I don't want to get too uh, inside podcasting here, but uh, maybe a little bit of smoke going on with a a rival podcast right now. <laughs> don't they know that we will fucking kill them? No one takes us seriously, guys. I don't know what's happening. Maybe we haven't been evil enough. I I think that sometimes the way we, we're treated in the podcast world it's the podcast you were warned about not the podcast that's gonna sit idly by and not do anything so <laughs> you know we've we've put some we've been putting some warning shots out there and i'm interested to see how this develops uh, over the over the coming weeks and be sure to update everyone a great way to kill another podcast would like send them a gift box that's like has a curse within it Oh yeah. Oh, mm. that might work. That might. Speaking of which, <laughs> I'd like to give my daddy of the week this week <laughs> to Coven Kenny. What a pick! <laughs> I love this movie so much. We are talking, of course, about movies with the olds. Kevin, tell us <laughs> about olds. what you brought to the table this week. <laughs> so. I had never seen this movie before. Dave uh, jumped out of the gate pretty fast with his pick. I'm sorry, I, I didn't say the movie. So <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I was, for you. I was getting oh, okay. there. Gotcha. You were getting. To, you were getting to saying the movie. No, thanks for fucking up my monologue. It's fine. No, I'll just. I'll just jump right back on the tracks. It's, it's the cool. magic of editing, Kevin. I'll just <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Never happened. No, thanks for fucking up my monologue. It's fine. No, thanks for fucking up my monologue. It's fine. So. Dave jumped out of the gate pretty fast. I just fast. wanted to interrupt and <laughs> oh point out God. the same. 
No, I just wanted to point out that Trent was right and they, that you had not yet said it, but you were also right, Kevin, uh, that you, you were about to say it. I could tell that in your inflection. So go ahead with that same tone. You're doing a great job. And uh, yeah. yeah, right there. Action. I'll cut you right back in. Serenity now. Serenity now. <laughs> Serenity now. Only 10 minutes into this thing. I know. Good job. Okay. My pick this week, so Trent doesn't have to wait and make sure I don't say it. You had it right there. Now you just now you just reverted back though to reference the previous thing that you've gotten out of. Oh my god. Yeah, so start fresh without it. Just start just start right off like we didn't just go, you know, we didn't do all that. So my pick was Rabid Grannies. It's a 1988 <laughs> flick by Emmanuel Curvin. <laughs> He wrote and directed this thing on a $150,000 budget. It's literally this guy's only director cred and the only other Hollywood cred he has other than somehow acting in Kickboxer 2. So way to go for this fucking guy. Between 1987 and 1988, he acted in Kickboxer 2. He wrote and directed Rabid Grannies and then he pieced the fuck up. Just so you guys know, I've been trying for weeks to track this guy down. Because if there's anyone that might want to just call into our podcast, I thought maybe it would be Emmanuel Curvin. What the fuck's this guy got going on? I was unsuccessful. Anyway, this is a Belgian, French, British, Swish co-production. Uh, the cast in this was all... Swish? Swish. Swiss. Swish. 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 Swish, nothing but net. Like, nothing but a net. That? Nailing this. Uh, the cast of this movie was all <laughs> all French speaking, uh, except for one one cast member. And the, the the basic premise is a terrible family is descending upon a a castle that is in their family for their two aunts' birthdays, and a disinherited Satan worshiping member of the family has sent these aunties a special gift and during the course of the movie as the family gets together and all sucking up to the aunts because they want this castle this inheritance they open the box they turn into fucking demons and it's off the rails from there what did you guys think of this flip i couldn't think of a better outcome for all those sh shitty people that are related to the two old ladies because they were all the worst the plot was kind of there like that you know they had an idea and then i feel like it was just like and now here's a bunch of gore here's a lot of weird long fingertips touching stuff what was i guess i'm just did trauma release the like english like dubbed version like the yes. one that we watched yeah it's not a trauma production but they they picked it up and released it or something like that just like the the dubbing was very distracting, I will say. I think it added to the humor part of it. It was just, like, not matching what the people are saying at all. The subtitles were even really messed up. Oh, I didn't even yeah. have the subtitles on, because I was like, I can't focus on the on two separate... <laughs> I can't watch the mouths not move correctly, and then also hear them, and then try to read it at the same time. I think that would just be a little bit too much. But, I don't know, I thought it, it, it was obviously, like, funny... Like, did I kind of fall asleep a little bit during it? A little bit. Once I got, I feel like once I got like 45 minutes in, I kind of figured out what was going on. 
Were you like, I'm just rest, I'm just resting my eyes. Just resting. <laughs> I can't stay awake. Why are we starting recording at 9 p.m.? I have to go to bed. <laughs> but I mean, in the end, the lesbian prevails. So I think, I think that's a good, you know, heartwarming old old people tale for anybody, really. Well, the only problem I had with this movie was the title. Uh, they're not rabid, Mm-mm. and they're not grannies. They're nope. aunties. Yeah. Nope. But I would say that this is a five-star B-movie. Like, yes. this is the reason you sit through B-movies, is hoping that maybe one of these will just be the one. And I, I really, really liked it. Um, I thought that it was kind of serious uh more than I, I would think, only during like the gore scenes was it really goofy, and there was some of the mm-hmm. best deaths. My favorite death <laughs> was um, when she ripped out one of her organs and threw it so the guy would slip on oh it and fall out of the window. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was really, really clever. Yeah, I love Rab Grace. I somehow never heard of this movie. I don't know how this has escaped me, but in 1988, you didn't have like 200 recommendations of things to watch before you even got out of bed. So it's possible that you could miss something like Rabid Grannies. This is Gonzo Splatter, not too far from what we talked about last week in Reanimator. I loved the gore. And, and the thing about this movie that I think it's important that we make clear, we watched a free version on YouTube. There are a number of versions of this movie floating around, but somebody has taken the time to take the uncut, uncensored Dutch version, and they took the gore, all the gore scenes that were cut out of that, and they mashed that together with the English dub version to produce this sort of ultimate (laughs) English uncut rabid grannies. That's the kind of value you can find on YouTube when you get through all the all the gateway to white power stuff and all the other terrible yeah. things that are on there, which is most of it. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find this uh, this kind of home cut of Rabbit Grannies. Speaking of the dub, I loved the English dub. It's so funny. It's, <laughs> it's done like in the style of an overly dramatic old time radio show. Like all the characters yeah. are really like overdoing every single thing. Like they're obviously more animated than the person that is supposed to be talking is that they're not even moving but the voice is like doing this over the top like something you hear on npr during the holidays or something (laughs) huge huge fan of this movie i've watched it like three times over the week um it's it's a classic instant classic so kevin daddy the week great pick Thank you. Um, and just to clarify, there's a there's a lot of mystery around this movie. It's almost impossible to research online. But some of the stuff that I did pick up, it's it's not like an English dub. What happened is all of the characters were French speaking, but the the script is in English. So Curvin was making the French speaking actors phonetically sound out these lines. So if you watch it really closely. They are trying to speak the English lines. That's, and then what, that's what, what I thought because it does line oh. up. It's it's a little off, but the the shapes that their mouths are making do seem to be shapes of the English words in the script. It's a crazy way Something. to make a movie to tell a bunch of people that don't speak English. And the and uh, side note, one of the crazy things is the only English speaking actor was the servant Badu. 
what happened is Curvin had to go back and hire a bunch of I don't know where the fuck he found these people, almost like European voice dub actors that then did like fake British accents over the yeah. French speaking yeah. people it trying to do British English. accents. I think that threw me a little bit. Yeah, and uh, it was it was picked up by Trauma, and we're talking about the the many different versions. So. Curvin's been on record as saying he prefers – you can find this on Amazon Prime and a couple other rentals. It was on Prime when I first found this movie for free. Now it's like six bucks or something. But they cut out all the gore. So the actual trauma release in the US for some reason cut out a ton of the gore. And the edits are really jarring. And Curvin has said that he prefers this cut of the film, which is bizarre to me. The free YouTube version is – the unedited full gore, which you absolutely need to see, I think, to appreciate you this could, movie. I can't imagine watching this movie without that. You'd ha- yeah, mean, that was like the best part. Yeah, don't watch yeah. it anywhere else. I, I figured if it was $150,000 to make this movie, that the edited version, they probably could have made it for 25000 <laughs> All of their budget must have gone into the special effects because it was better than even like the intro credits looked all cheap and everything had a very cheap quality to it until someone's like head came off or their yeah. legs. They loved chopping off people's legs. Yeah, the dog eating the legs. Oh, that was a, <sighs> that was a weird... Yeah. That was an eight-year-old girl. How do you just forget where your child went? Yo, like, it took it took that oh mother yeah. twenty minutes to remember that her daughter had to go take a shit or something. It's like what? That's like number one. Like you're in charge of these children. If there's ra- if there's two. rabid granny, oh, <laughs> there's rabid grannies running around. You gotta you gotta grab them, grab those kids. And also, she wasn't dead. Her legs were cut off. The dog was licking the bloody stumps, but. She was still alive. Like maybe you can cauterize that shit and get her out of nope, there. No, she's you know? cutting like, her ties. Think about the fact that that was the actual little girl actress playing that part in that scene. Hmm. What do you mean? Right, with practical effects. So she wasn't up against a green screen. She was there oh, looking she, at her she legs. She was there <laughs> that both of her legs had been chopped off and that were being eaten by a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's acting. Yeah. Come here, Susie. Just just hang out over here for a second. We're just going to cut your just, legs off. You're going to lean up against this demon and uh, just kind of look dead. The two demon aunties... <laughs> To me, it looked like uh, they went to like the dumpster after they finished filming Witches. Yes. Uh, and they grabbed the, the masks out of the dumpster and used them for this movie, too, because they looked like a mix oh between like that and a little Freddy Krueger vibe. Yeah. Literally, as soon as they popped up on the screen, first thing in my mind was, oh, my God, it's like the Witches. Is this a Witches spinoff? Oh, my God. Angelica? Yeah, I like that Where about it because, I mean, Witches is scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like a kid's thing. This was like a, a Corona version of Witches, and it had that clue aesthetic, that like mystery, although there wasn't really much mystery happening, but yeah. I don't know, something about the dinner party starting it all off had that mm-hmm. that vibe. I think I was talking to Trent about this as we went and, and took in Evil Dead 2 at the drive-in this past weekend. It reminded me, the setup, you mentioned, Dave, that it's a little slow to build up. But it reminded me of a more modern horror movie, You're Next. I don't know if you guys have seen that. But it's oh, yeah, kind, of the same, it. kind of the same premise where like this family that clearly has a lot of issues gets together. I love the setup for exactly what you were just talking about, Dave, like the clue aspect. Everybody was like some you – could, you could pinpoint anybody like the right-wing 
uh, military weapon making guy was yeah. like a Bond villain or something. Mm-hmm. And then you had like the big fat uncle who, you know, gets stuck in the window trying to climb out and gets his ass eaten. Um, there's just they cover every stereotype. And like Kat said, I really do love the fact that there is this non family member lesbian woman who shows up with a, a woman member of the family. And she ends up being the heroine and the most cool and collected in the entire film. I I did actually appreciate that because like some 80s movies that are problematic, there's a lot of issues. You have the the shithead nephew or whatever driving in his fast car and seducing Jessica, the supposed lesbian. Um, You've got a bunch of dickheads in this movie that you can't wait for them to die. And I Mm -hmm. love the fact that this, you know, little innocent boy and this lesbian woman end up, uh, I don't want to say winning, but they end up crossing the finish line alive. She had one of my favorite lines when that very hotshot cousin or whatever, it's unclear. I guess I'm presuming they're cousins. Nobody mentions being directly brother and or sister. But when Mm -hmm. he says to her, uh, you know what I'm thinking? And she says, no, but I have a terrible feeling you're about to tell me. (laughs) My favorite line was when the fat guy was trying to get through that hole. The guy says to him, you you can't fit an elephant in a mouse hole. But the subtitles on my screen said, you can't fit an elephant in high school. (laughs) So true. So I feel like whoever was doing the, the subtitles, they must have just phonetically or like google translating like what the sounds of the words were yeah it's really strange but when i watched the prime version there were so many times the subtitles just said inaudible like basically a huge middle finger like we don't know what the fuck they're saying go ahead and guess for yourself but while we're talking about great quotes which this movie is full of i have many one when the woman in charge of the kitchen when the when the when the demon aunties burst into the kitchen, she says, "The lobster must have been fresh. Milady has terrible indigestion." Mm. No, bitch, that's a Ooh. demon. <laughs> no, bitch. <laughs> but the aunt said the lobster wasn't fresh. That's what I thought when I saw that. Oh. I was like, she meant the lobster wasn't fresh. That's a, mm. I was confused about that. Yeah, she's. I thought she said the lobster must have been fresh. Which is, does that mean in, in British, I guess I don't speak British, does that mean that the lobster was spoiled? In British? Like uncooked Maybe. or raw or something? Yeah, I, I guess. Oh, yeah. that. I also like get to hell. What's that? Instead of go to hell, the, the, the demon's outside the door and the lady's yelling, get to hell, get to hell. <laughs> Can I get there? I love uh, when the, the, the little boy throws holy water on them, which he apparently just got out of thin air. Uh, yeah, one what? of the demon aunties is like, holy water only works in the movies, you little horse's ass. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That priest death was, uh, that one was mm. dark. That was, mm-hmm. I think that was like the my favorite death because it was just so like, oh, that sucks for him. I mean, you know, happy for us, but. There's a lot of cowardly men in this movie. Big time. That was kind of a central theme. And even the one guy that resolved that he wasn't going to be a coward, this one time in his life he was going to stand up and face something and and the grannies say something to that effect when they snap him in half. I'm like, you're finally not a a coward anymore. And then, boosh, he's done. Speaking of dark, like Kat just mentioned, there are some pretty dark moments in the movie. At the end, 
when everything is wrapping up and you have Jessica, our heroine, and you have the little boy that survives. And I apologize. It's impossible to figure out who the fuck acted in this movie, what the characters' names are. It's almost impossible. You should apologize more for spoiling the ending so many times over. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Well, you just keep on saying, like, when it's just the lesbian at the end and everyone else is dead... Like, that gives away the uh, whodunit of this. I think Cat spoiled it also. I don't necessarily know this is really a movie that you uh, need to keep (laughs) close to the vest. I mean, yeah, I feel Uh, like you kind of know what's going on. Always good to practice, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, But at the end of the movie, when the young boy looks at Jessica and says, now I know God doesn't exist. I was like, where the fuck did that script yeah. line come out of? Like, that's <laughs> super heavy. Like, very end of this slapstick movie with a lot of, like, pretty gory and some dark but pretty funny things. To have this small boy just look up, now I know God doesn't exist. It's like, it's like oh. well, this is the beginning of the rest of your life, bud. Get ready. I thought it was weird to see a movie like this not more silly there was a lot of dark moments like evil dead and, and bad taste as we're rocking they're more silly this this i was waiting for this to be more silly and then after a while like towards the end it starts to get it, you know like that sickening feeling like 80s movies can give you sometimes it kind of gave me that weird disturbing place feeling yeah but i, I liked it though well I, the priest the priest death that you guys alluded to a minute ago they one of the one of their nephews is a priest and they make him the two grannies even though they're not grannies so it gets a little confusing here but the two grannies for our purposes they make him decide either he can shoot himself with a shotgun which is a sin and he will his afterlife will be eternal damnation or they could tear him limb from limb and and they're each trying to convince him of the other it's really Again, very dark and very sick, and uh, I won't reveal which fate he chooses, but <laughs> it's uh, quite gruesome, I would say. Cat, mm. what happened to the boob log? The boob log? I mean, I don't know. I kind of gave that up because it was mostly just me, you know, taking notes of what movies don't have boobs that we watch. We didn't have any this week. <laughs> 18 minutes we had no boobs this week. There about? were boobs at the beginning of Rabid Grannies. One boob. 18 minutes. Oh, I forgot. Come on. Uh, See, well, hold, hold on. Okay. I've, hold on. Hold on. At it, the beginning, it was a light week, though. I had 18 minutes, Kat. Did you have an earlier boob than that? No, it was the... It was a, the the, scene, the love boob. scene. Yeah. Yeah, that's the love scene between the hot shot. Yeah, and it's the, at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Kevin, you didn't... That was the boob you were talking about as well. I always thought boob was plural. Like, once I was at, you know, like a topless beach, and I was like, look at all the boob. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a regionally regionally either are acceptable. You can say boob or <laughs> Oh, another great quote was um they throw guts around like so many slapstick cream pies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which they do. There's a lot of gut throwing in this. There's an old deserted mansion on an old forgotten road where the better ghosts and goblins always hang out. One night they threw a party in a manner out of mode and they cordially invited all the gang out. At a dark bewitching hour 
when the fun was loud and hearty. All right, the film I chose for seniors was 2015's The Visit, uh, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Super fun movie. Um, Granny of the Week, Deanna Dunnigan, playing the wacky grandmother. <laughs> Granny um, of the Week. What, what about, we, we just did Rabid Grannies, and you're giving Granny of the Week to somebody else? Yeah. I mean, this is a hot yes. granny. She was hot. She had that like nice long flowing hair, mm-hmm. and I I I thought she was great. She was very scary to me. I know that you know we're not all on the same page this week with this movie. Uh, there are some different uh, opinions here, but I I really like this movie. I thought that some of the things that a lot of people didn't like about this movie, uh, the general consensus, because uh, it wasn't that popular. Was, you know, like the kid rapping and, you know, it's a found footage movie. So with a found footage movie, you have to have these set up like candid nonsensical moments just to keep you grounded in that, that reality that it's, that it's a a found footage thing, that it's not professionally made. And I thought that in this, like the comedic elements and the, the mundane elements to, to do that, I thought were done very well. And there, there's a lot of potential for spoilers. Everyone knows M. Night Shyamalan. That's his whole vibe is he sets up this thing and then has a twist ending. I'm not a big fan of him as a director overall. I think he stuck the landing a couple times and then everyone expected that from him. So he kept doing it even when it was forced. Um, I thought this was a great return to form from like, you know, I like The Sixth Sense. And, uh, you know, Trent and I had spoken earlier about, like, the first half of Signs was scary. And then it kind of goes off the rails. And then, like, the first half of, like, The Happening is kind of scary. And then it goes off the rails. So he doesn't always stick the landing, but he tries. He's he's kind of known for the landing. <laughs> but, yeah, this is basically a a woman sends her children to go visit their grandparents, who she's estranged from since she was 18 or 19 years old. They had a big fight. They don't talk, but they reached out over social media. We want our, our grandkids to come stay with us and get us get to know us a little bit. And then uh, once they get there, they, they find out that their grandparents are very, very eccentric and batshit crazy, but full of... Full of vigor. <laughs> full of, they were really, like, that, that granny, she moved around quick. They're full mm-hmm. of something. Like she's scurry under the she's bed. She's a scuffler, that's for sure. Yeah, scuffler. Yeah. Scurrier. Yeah. yeah. Un- unfortunately, vigor isn't the only thing they're full of. Yeah. I was uh, going into this, I was in the same position as I was in last week with Midsummer. I had I saw this at the theater when it came out five years ago. I thought it was quite bad. Dave and I talked about it. We didn't. I don't think we saw it at the same time, but we had each seen it around the same time. And um, I was in reappraisal mode. I'm going in. I'm ready to like it. I'm ready to change my mind. I, my track record on this show is one of changing my mind about things when presented mm-hmm. with reappraisal. And I did. I did change my mind. I now think that this movie is repulsive. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> I think it's repugnant, and and allow me. I th- I think it's t- 
disgraceful. I'm going to do like in, indignant um, Siskel and Ebert for a second here. <laughs> Did you not like the the grandfather? Is that what it was? It was it like looking in the mirror? There, I, I didn't like anything. I didn't like anything about. I didn't like anything about the movie. M Night Shyamalan should be ashamed. Blumhouse Studios should be ashamed. Jason Blumhouse should be ashamed. Universal Pictures should be ashamed. And I'd like to go right down through the list of everybody associated with this movie that helped this movie made the actors in the movie should be ashamed. And if they're not ashamed, I will shame them here. <laughs> Kevin. No, no, you can't what? just do that. You have to say why why they should why are they well, ashamed? I, I, there's so much I was gonna save the rest, but for okay. one thing, okay, you mentioned the the rapping child. This is the main character, the protagonist, the sister and brother, he's, the rapping child is 13 years old. Now, this was made five years ago. Again, it's set in present day. It's not a throwback. It's not a period piece. This is supposed to be contemporary. He's an aspiring rapper, and he drops names like he's into Tyler of the Creator, he says. And right away in the movie, you get him rapping. And he's doing straight, totally straight. And this is not... By the way, on the Wikipedia page, it says this is a horror comedy. They Somebody did that to take the... It's not a horror comedy. It's a horror thriller. The things that are funny are not intentional. So the first rap, right away, what he's doing is the classic, like, my name is Tyler. I'm here to say I like to rap every day. And ends every, every verse or bar, whatever he's doing, ends with ho like that mm. and then and then there's even one later on where he's like i'm only 13 i don't live in the hood so it's just it's so grating <laughs> first off it's just it's so grating to do this like sit this like 80s sitcom style white person rapping or something and then it's very racist i, I think that the whole all of his rapping is very racist i'm not really kidding it, it is racist it's a, it's a racist movie it's ageist it's ableist racist um, movie. it's it is it's it's mean-spirited i don't think that this movie has a warm soul of any kind or a heart it's very mean-spirited to older people it's very mean-spirited toward people with mental illness People that are in homes, like it's just nothing about this movie that I think is in good faith. It's very cynical. Um, I think it's made by cynical people who don't like movies. <laughs> they don't. They don't want to make movies. <laughs> I don't think. I, you know, so there. I'll, 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 I'll pass the. I'll pass the baton. There you go. Please do. So worked up. I don't know if you're this mad because you're that old, <laughs> or if you hey, just. Uh, didn't watch this movie through the same lens that I did. I watched it. I watched it. I watched it wanting to like it. The same lens I watch every movie. We'll save. We'll save that argument for another time. <laughs> Shyamalan is known as the twist master. We all get it. I think we all got fatigued probably around the village. I think that's when I got fatigued by Shyamalan, and definitely at the happening, which. I've never walked out of a movie in the theater. The happening is the closest I have ever come when the the twist, I'm using air quotes, happened. I think the visit is great. I think one of the bigger bigger themes of the movie isn't ageism, racism, or any of that. I like the fact that most horror movies, you're dealing with 
an almost comical scenario where the older people are yelling at the the teenage or the young adult cast, you know, like, get out, get off my lawn, just leave. You know, we've had that discussion so many times, but I like the visit because our characters who do need to get out are kids. They can't. What the hell are they supposed to do? Um, I appreciate that touch viewed for through this found footage lens. And I think that Shyamalan nailed like the deteriorating elderly through the, the lens of children looking at it and being like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do? And Catherine Hahn, who plays the mom, who is a comedic actor, just saying, well, they're old. I like some of the lenses that, that they presented things through in this movie. And I agree with Dave. I think, yeah, the Tyler, the the rapping kid in the movie is incredibly grating. But I think in the more effective found footage movies, you have to show these things as grating as possible to keep you grounded in the fact that this is real life. There, there really is. That's a depiction of a white suburban kid. Like I... Like Connie goes to school with kids like that, except they use the N word when they when they rap. No, no, thirteen year old suburban kids. No, thirteen year old aspiring rapper, no matter what their color or their geographic or socioeconomic status, would rap like that. It's just no, nope. beyond. It's not. It's just totally disagree. I would say the exact opposite. I would say there are tens of thousands of thirteen year old white kids out there doing that exact same thing right no. now. No, maybe eight yes. year old, maybe eight, seven year old, seven year old. I'll but, call Eminem and tell him he's out of business. Cat, <laughs> what did you think? Have you seen this before? No. Why are we staring at your ceiling though? Like that's because weird. my that's weird. because my uh, charging port my charging port oh, is loose, okay. and so I, I got to keep it stationary. And so you're just gonna have was, to look at my ceiling. That's fine. It was distracting me for a second. All right. Um, I've didn't realize this film would have such a strong reaction uh from people i didn't think it was that but i didn't think it was great but i thought there were some parts of it that were watchable i sat through the whole thing i thought i mean the whole time i was waiting for the twist but that also kind of kept me guessing i'm like satanic cult ghosts like witches i don't know are they gonna eat the children like i was very excited in that aspect, I'm like, it could be anything. Shamo, fuck. Uh, sh- M. Night really, uh, you know, has a setup like waiting for stuff. So I, I don't know. I guess in that aspect, I thought, it, you know, the twist was interesting. But I think the scariest thing about this movie is that, like, the whole time these, you know, grandparents are doing these very weird and not normal things. But the kids keep telling themselves, oh, it's just because they're old. Oh, mom said they're old. You know, they keep talking to the grandparents and they're like, oh, sundowning. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, they're just there's no weird things going on. And it's like that moment where it's like, OK, well, how far do you get, though, of just being like, oh, they're just old until you're like, oops, you know, I got a diaper on my face now. You know, I don't know. Ugh. It's a. Uh, that's really hateful. I think it's great. I, I thought the reveal of the twist, uh, the scene when they're Skyping with their mom, and I'm not going to give anything away, but yeah. I thought that reveal, I, I, I thought it was scary. I, I thought this was a great movie. I, this is probably the third time I've seen it. I, I didn't think it was, you know, I thought it was a fine horror movie. By the end, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, like, whatever, you know, next 
next grandma movie, but I didn't think it was so bad that I would curse everyone who's worked on the film and sh- and shun them. <laughs> I also don't think it's ageist. So we already addressed the, the, the racist suburban white kid, which exists. So it's okay to have a character like that in your movie because kids like that do exist. Sure. That's a fact. I, I understand. Sure. That's it's not. And as far as mentally disabled old people, um, it's been proven and it's in horror movies all the time that people who are mentally ill can be dangerous. But there are. It's not like a big surprise, or it's not like they're making up yeah, some but there are, fabricated of course. scenario. Obviously, I have no problem with showing racism in movies and showing racist behavior. Obviously, I have no problem with showing bad behavior from anyone. And I don't approach these movies from that perspective because that's not what movies are. But the way that you do things is what matters to me. And it's not even that it matters to me, it's just that it comes off so poorly to me when I watch them. Like, oh my God, this is terrible. The way that they deal with sundowning, quote unquote, and the way that they deal with the the aged, the olds, as I call them, the way that they <laughs> the deal olds. with people who um, have mental illness or cognitive disabilities, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. It's just, it to me, it's not like, we watch a lot of movies, I mean, that deal with similar things. And again, you have to be careful with this movie because I'm trying not to give anything away, but it's it's one, I just think it's yeah, about- Yeah, you're being very vague. You're using the spoiler to like hide behind uh, okay. your defense here. Well, you haven't really said anything. Okay, it, it's, it's the way that you do those things. It's not that you can't do them. You can do whatever you want. You can show okay. anything you want, but in this movie, the way that it does them, I think is mean, it's cynical. I don't think it's supposed to be a joke at all. I think it's just the way that the cynical nature of the filmmaker is, is I think, what shines through. Hmm. Um, mm. I do, I have a funny quote. We don't have to put it in if it's too spoilery. But Jimmy watched, like, the ending of the movie with me. And <laughs> after, you know, like, the diaper thing and um, the mom, like, running to hug the children, he just goes, everybody in this family is about to get pink eye. It's just like... Because <laughs> there's just got to be shit everywhere. And it's like, yeah, you don't think about that. But, oh, yeah, everyone's hugging and poop right now. So, and that was funny. The diaper thing is one of the most appalling things I've seen in this show. I am, uh, it's, it is re- repugnant, it is repellent, yeah. it has no place, has no place in a movie. It wasn't even that graphic. Oh, out of here. Oh I think Dave, Dave is, uh, Dave is well aware of my aversion to, uh, anything with poop. Um, and the poop, the poop palace <laughs> that they have, the poop palace oh, that young yeah. Tyler discovers is young come on what do you mean come on what do you mean i know it's gross but it's a it's original it's it's terrifying it's totally not what you expected you were thinking okay he's you know pop pop's been going out to the shed and young tyler's been watching him he's gonna go in there and find a dead dog or a dead Mm -hmm. body he doesn't he finds the poop palace Mm -hmm. nobody saw that coming Okay, I'll grant you a little bit of diaper play. All right, there's only so much diaper play I can. I'll take you up on that. Up. I'll be over later, but <laughs> <laughs> now that's that's one thing. But oh. the level, the level it gets taken to later, I just I I think it's sick. 
and it's a sick person that would put that in the movie. It doesn't add, it just is repulsive. Oh, dear. You're so high and mighty. <laughs> Look, okay. Let's talk. This, this movie was wildly popular. A lot of articles did quote, this is Shyamalan's return to form. He had made a bunch of stinkers before this. The Last Airbender, After Earth. So Shyamalan had become such a toxic Hollywood person in terms of marketing his movies that he saved his director's fee from After Earth, which is the Will Smith and his son, I think Jaden, stinker. Shyamalan financed this entire movie himself because he was being stripped of his post-production actions on a bunch of movies before this. Studios were starting to figure out, yeah, people aren't really liking what you do, so we're gonna take editing and final cuts away from you. So he financed this whole movie himself. He wanted total control of the movie. And like a movie that we talked about previously, What We Do in the Shadows, the Taika Waititi brilliant film, He did multiple cuts of this movie. One of them was very strictly comedic with a little bit of uneasiness in it. One was apparently very, very dark. And then according to Shyamalan, his his third and final cut was what we see, which is sort of a mix of it. I like it. I like the fact that he found a balance between shedding light on this deterioration of the elderly through the lens of these children's innocence. And I won't even get into the unbelievable pretentiousness of Becca, the sister in the movie who we haven't even talked about in her aspirations to be a filmmaker. But I I, I disagree, Trent. I, I think that he totally nailed this. And like horror fans, we should be able to sit down for 90 minutes and suspend disbelief and enjoy something i think he gave us something that you can definitely enjoy for an hour and a half of your life not only did i relate to knowing kids like the white suburban rapper kid but uh the pooping the pants and the diaper the poop palace i get mad sneaky when i poop my pants i will do like some crazy shit to cover that up. literally uh, and it's happened to me a couple times as you get older and you lose control of that uh, i imagine if i was in his position i would probably have a shed filled with diapers um, <laughs> these kids had an amazing amount of tolerance for being in a terrifying situation with complete strangers like they would have been they would have been begging to get out of there way sooner i mean they're supposed to be 13 and 15 and they're not like it takes them so long to decide that maybe this isn't a safe situation for like they wouldn't tell their mom kids rat that's what they do these kids would have been complaining and facetiming mm-hmm. all day long trying to get their mom who's on vacation so that's the sort of the way that they get out of that is they have the mom on vacation but it's still, it doesn't matter. These kids will be blowing her up. Get us out of here. These guys are crazy. Yo, they're walking around the house at night with knives. I mean, it's just so, and it, it is done again. It's, it's done in a realistic way. So it's like, how, how am I supposed to believe that that's happening? Well, they explain, they explain things away. Like, you know, when the grandfather's being a little too, 
out there. The grandmother is kind of explaining to the kids and sits down and has a talk. And then the grandfather does the same thing when the grandmother freaks right. them out. So they're always kind of covering it the whole time. Sure. That was the only, my only uh, problem with the movie, or problems. I have two problems with the movie. One, I wish the ending, it ended at a dark point at one, at one spot, uh, which I wished was the ending. And then it got, it ended on a happy note with some comedy. I wish it hadn't ended on that and, and upbeat music and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But then also, the old people went from being like completely out of it to being able to do some sort of like planning and like they have to yeah. decide like which is it? Are they completely demented and out of their minds or are they able to strategize against these kids? And you know, I think the kids, I think the kids would have. I don't know if they would have snitched earlier or tattled about the grandparents because I do think kids threshold for well just be polite they're older people we don't understand them uh, until 2020 has been a thing now in 2020 they're just like grandma you're canceled <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to understand kids that are 11 13 15 they don't see things like we see them. They don't respond to things. They're still looking to us for cues. So I think in the movie, you do see the kids say, hey mom, while they're Skyping her, this is happening and this is happening. And she's just like, yo, I got like a hairy chess contest to go do and I gotta go fuck my new boyfriend. So they're just old. I think we need to remember what it was like to be 11, 13, 15 years old. You accept that stuff. No, you don't. You say, Mom, these people are so fucking weird. You would not believe what they're doing. We're scared. We don't you know what's going on. You were wise beyond oh, no. your years, Trent. You were so wise beyond your years because I think all of you just talked about at the beginning of our show having meth-smoking, crack-smoking, fucked-up babysitters right. that you trusted sure. to put you in front of the TV with <laughs> reanimator on. I, I mean, for a couple argument, hours, your, not, yeah, your argument's kind hours. of a sieve here. I got, I got that's, water. I got that's water a couple hours. flowing that's through not, your argument right now. I'm draining some pasta, them, I'm draining some <laughs> pasta. They, they tell them they can't leave the room after 930 at night. I mean, you're, the, the, the gymnastics that you are going through, I, I'm not, this isn't a, a contest. It's not a competition. We're not arm wrestling. If you like the movie, that's fine. But the, the gymnastics that you are, the pretzel twisting to like try to justify the blatantly ridiculous stuff that this guy very cynically tries to foist on the audience. To me, it's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I don't know if it's gymnastics because we're actually citing actual scenes and things we thought conveyed something. You're the one who's just brushing these broad strokes and not really explaining yourself. What about a uh, granny's? I feel bad for you. What about what about granny's ass scene when they have they have to? Show I love it. It's a nice I love it. Show. That's what got granny of the week. It's good ass. Yeah, the the butt scene when she's scratching at the door. I like oh. both of those things. The scratching, especially. I will say the crawl space scene is one of the scariest scenes I had seen. At the time I watched this movie, I did not see it in the theaters. I definitely rented it when it came out. The crawl space scene scared the ever-loving shit out of me. It was weird. It was because you didn't really know what was going. I mean, that was like pretty early on before the kids were like freaked out by anything. So you were kind of like, 
Is this a different? Who's this? Who's this scuttling around? Who's crab walking down here? And then, at, you know, at the end, she, you know, she just like laughs. I'm, I'm making biscuits. See you guys in there. You know, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like I'm uh, chicken pot pie for dinner tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trent, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you on one thing Ooh. that was really wrong. Tyler should not have made that joke about using female pop singer names instead of curse words. Why? Well, it's just it's just one of so many tone deaf things. And again, I'm not, you know, whatever. It's just if something is so incredibly tone deaf that it's clear that the person behind it just is so out of touch. And I don't think, you know, if you want to read up a little bit on M. Night, I just I think that it's clear that he's a jerk and he think you know, he's out of touch and he he doesn't care. And he thinks these things are funny. And we're thinking like that there's some reason why. It works in the film, but I think it's just that he's that's just who made the movie. Well, how come he can't depict the things that other people depict? Why do you why do you just say that he's a bad person because of this? But because of the way you're he not does saying it. the guy who made a Serbian film is a bad person about that. Their their, their character never even comes up. But it's because he of the way, it's because of the way that he does the things. Like just like what Kevin just pointed out. It's just the to me what what I feel from it is is a, a deep a deep cynicism and, and a deep out of touchness and not a lot of heart. I, I did speaking of Serbian film, I did like um, when the Graham, when pop pop, they're like kind of holding them hostage at this point. Cause I think, I don't know if they have a sense that they're onto them or they want to leave I me. Mean, it's hard to know because again, the grandparents, like you said, Dave, they go back and forth from, you know, like they're totally out of their minds to they're smarter and scheming, but they want to keep them in the house and play Yahtzee. I think it's Yahtzee or something. I don't mm-hmm. know, whatever game mm-hmm. it is. And and Pop Pop says, uh, let's make it a perfect family night. Really reminded me of a real happy Serbian family. So mm. you know, I, I, li- I liked that. You know, there's maybe a little family commentary in there. But yeah, yeah I, I was I was totally baiting you on the pop singer thing. I actually think that was pretty funny. It might be yeah. it might be a little inappropriate, but I actually found that I, to be like kind of hilarious. It's a stretch. Yeah, I, I mean was that that whole character Ed Oxenbold is the is the actor. That whole character was obviously coached by Shyamalan. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not like he raised this kid to be like this. It's a character in a movie. If that kid wasn't in the movie, because it seems like he's the source of all your disdain, Trent. No, no. If no. his character was gone and it was just the girl visiting her grandparents, would you like the movie better? Not at all, or because if this, no, I, I didn't, I didn't like the, I, I didn't like that. The kid is just kind of a funny. One of the, the more grating aspects that it's funny to talk about, but no, I, I didn't think it was scary. I didn't. I didn't think that like. I just thought everything was was. I, I didn't. It didn't work for me. You know, if it, if it works for it worked for a lot of people, it didn't work for me. Um, I, nothing. Nothing about it really worked for me. I feel like this movie not working for you and maybe working for us is. Uh, we're gonna have to have some uh, therapy sessions about this. Hey, hey, I, just, I think it's time to put Trent in a home. You know, I knew I knew coming into tonight, I thought, you know, this is the first time this is the first time in episode twenty, whatever we're at, I really felt strongly negatively about a movie. And I have two choices. I can either 
be fake and say that I thought it was pretty good, which uh, that's not why what I'm here to we do. We don't want that. No, so we don't I'm, want you that. know, it's not I'm not attacking any of you guys if you enjoyed the movie, but that was just my my personal feeling about it. I I I will I will throw you a bone, Trent. I I really do think I read a lot about this movie. There are a lot of problems with it and a lot of negative reviews. I think the the difference between some of our opinions on this particular film is sometimes you watch a movie and you're just in that moment, like I said, where you can suspend belief and just go into the movie and enjoy it. And then sometimes you watch it with a more critical eye, depending on where you're at. And yeah, I read a lot of uh, reviews and articles and things that you're talking about that poked a lot of holes in this movie. There's actually a YouTube channel called Your Movie Sucks. There's another one that's like <laughs> everything everything wrong with your movie in 14 minutes or less that will sober you up uh, pretty quickly on some of the movies that you watch kind of mindlessly and enjoy. I choose to not delve down you know, go down those roads so often. I I yeah. like to watch a movie, spend ninety minutes, and just see what they what they give me. I'm not saying this is a perfect movie. I'm just saying it's it's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. I thought that the the message to quote unquote message, there's sort of this family this family drama that is weaved through the movie about the mother and the the dad who is not in the movie, the father of the children is not around. He like abandoned the family. And there's this whole sort of message weaving through about familial bonds and how those can be broken and, and how people should respond to those and holding on to anger and cutting people off and all this kind of stuff. And there's a whole scene where the brother flips the script and interviews the sister who is the filmmaker. But at one point the brother interviews her instead and kind of, kind of flips the camera and you know of course she immediately this like goes to this this whole very maudlin scene between the two of them and then then that's wrapped back up at the end but it it, it the message lacked power to me because it just seemed like kind of forced um yeah about you know what i mean i didn't really yeah that part i was like okay calm down like just give me scary old people <laughs> yeah, yeah, like i don't right? need to know about families learning to love each other i don't fucking give a shit yeah, okay what, i'm sorry this is like a, the hogan family what is this yeah i just you know both of these movies i would have loved to take 30 40 minutes shaved off both of them and they would they both would have been perfect mm-hmm. it's just like old people they just go for a little bit too long you just die already this is hard enough for me. 